Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. We should be clear that this monster of a banking issue is indeed a monster. And what we're starting to see more and more of is that whether it's Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, or it's it's anti-capitalists like Elizabeth Warren, the senator from Massachusetts. I said anti-capitalist. I meant it. What? Is someone going to argue this with me? I'm, feel free. Go right ahead. She is what she is. She hates business. She hates profit. She hates the idea that you're able to control what it is that is yours. She hates the idea that you're able to get a return on your investment. Everything you do is evil, and somehow she thinks she's good and decent. Despicable. I don't think there's anybody out there who best personifies uh, the opposite of what it is to be able to go out and thrive and build than Elizabeth Warren in her policies and in what it is that she pushes and promotes. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything, TonyKatz.Locals.com. TonyKatz.Locals.com. I spoke with Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis, about this this monster because the, the Silicon Valley Bank failure is only now part of the story. It's what's happened afterward. It's the failure of Silvergate, which was investing, or I should say, loaning and taking in things regarding crypto. Uh, Signature Bank, again, the same deal, and that's not being anti-crypto. It's about whether or not you've got smart policies for your bank. And it's the bailouts of these banks, and yes, I'm using the terminology bailout. I don't feel bad about it at all, and why it's happening, and why is it that people like Elizabeth Warren are promoting the idea of increasing the FDIC, Federal Deposit Insurance Company, threshold, and most importantly, if we're now going to, as I've been discussing, as has been said, privatize the gains but socialize the losses, where this can can really spread out and do a lot of damage, should we feel safe regarding banking in America? Are our banks safe? So I had this conversation with Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis, and brought it back in this way. I want to continue the conversation, though, and I want to start digging into a part two, which is about how Americans are affected by this. When I get asked, Dr. Will, on the radio shows uh, about what do I think uh, about the banking sector, first, I I don't claim an expertise. Uh, I'm a radio host. My job is to know things about things that you're not going to have an expertise in all things, and the people screaming they have an expertise I think are kind of laughable. But there's nothing that I've read and nothing I've had in my conversations with you or anybody else that says to me, hey, everything's about to go belly up and sideways. Now, that was true last week. Then I watched this UBS Credit Swiss deal. And when you talk about uh, the Swiss government breaking all the rules, well, it doesn't seem like the U.S. government is far behind. We have to do something. We have to be a backstop. We have to put an end to this. We have to be keep the people safe. By any means necessary is what it seems uh, to look like there. So the question before us is the safety and the security 
of the U.S. banking sector. $30 billion went into a bank called First Republic from 11 different banks. When I see other banks putting into banks and investing into them, as opposed to the federal government, let's start here. Shouldn't I look at that as a good sign, as a sign of these people trying to take care of their own world, as opposed to relying on the government, or is this all subterfuge? You know, Tony, you asked two questions. One is, is this going to get big and out of hand? And the second is, what's happening with First Republic? Um, let, let me answer the First Republic issue first. And that is, it is pure window dressing and PR. The $30 billion, first of all, it's not going to be enough to bail out First really? Republic. Really? No, not even close. First Republic is the uh, Silicon Valley of uh, New York. It's, this, it's the same situation. Um, they're in the same boat, and we're going to have the same problem, and that's not going to do it. But the reason Jamie Dimon is doing this, because Jamie Dimon wants to buy First Republic Bank. And it's no risk to him because, Tony, the money moved out of First Republic and into J.P. Morgan. So they've got this cash sitting there and they say, well, what do we do with it? They, the economy's slowing down. They can't make loans. So they got this cash sitting there. So what's Jamie Dimon going to do with it? He's going to deposit it right back into First Republic Bank. That's what he's going to do with it, Tony. That's exactly what he's doing. So, you know, this, this think of it as the New York, San Francisco cabal here. He's simply trying to put the money into a bank so that he has leverage to buy it later. And he will buy it, Tony. And I, I bet, bet money on it that he's going to end up getting First Republic. And why does he want it? Because their San Francisco operations have a tremendous number of wealthy, high-tech money depositors. He wants access to those people, Tony. He's just buying a customer base with billions of dollars in their pockets. That's what he's doing here, Tony. That's exactly what's happening here. There's no benevolence about it. It's pure, unadulterated greed on the part of uh, J.P. Morgan to get money out of the uh, debacle with First Republic. So I bring that up as a way of getting to that first part of the question. You're right. I did indeed ask two questions. Is the U.S. banking sector in trouble is, well, for many people, the only question. And my answer was... No, it's not based on everything that I'm seeing, based on every level uh, of reporting that's out there. Well, I don't know if I feel the same way now as I did a week ago. I haven't gone to my bank. I have not run to the bank and said, make it rain on me, right? I haven't done any of that. But it is very obvious that what we're seeing from the federal government, from the U.S. government, seems to be played in a bit of panic what i cannot answer and i'm hoping you can is that panic also window dressing also a play that's being put on to be able to pass these new regulations to protect friends and others and donors etc or is there real fear that the interest rates from jerome powell because of the inflation caused by biden spending was too much too quick and there's a series of banks possibly up to 200 of them as reported by the wall street journal i believe it was or or the economist that cannot keep up and they really are fearful of having a serious banking issue okay tony you asked one question with m multiple parts in there um, i try but, but i'll start by saying that your initial gut reaction is correct when you thought that things were okay and now you don't feel they're okay that is exactly correct and let me go back to the 2008 analogy again. In 2008, the Secretary of Treasury, Hank Paulson, he said everything was fine. 
And everything was fine, Tony. And we're going to have Bear Stearns and Washington Mutual and a few other banks go out of business until the government passed the Hope for Homeowners Act. When Chris Dodd passed that act and John McCain and Barack Obama voted for it, they then started bailing out their rich friends on Wall Street. And then the contagion started. It went from a few bad actors who were going to be cleaned up and sent away until then the government passed a law that spread the pain to everyone. Tony, they're making the same mistake. Let the companies who have credit risk and interest rate risk go out of business. Let the people who have under 250,000 in those banks be survived. Let the Mark Cubans who have deposits in those banks suffer. But don't spread it around. And what Elizabeth Warren is saying, Tony, and what Janet Yellen is saying is they want to spread the pain to everybody. I saw a report this morning from Argus Research that looked at Indiana banks. And Indiana banks, we're talking the local banks, you know, the old national banks, the Huntingtons, they don't have a problem. They have no interest rate risk. They have no credit risk. They've managed right. themselves well. If Janet Yellen and Elizabeth Warren get their way, they will spread this pain to the solid banks of the country. How? How does, if, if the idea, as you heard Senator Warren describe it earlier, if the idea is to increase the threshold of deposits that will be secured, is it that you're going to have to spend too much money to protect these people? Or is there something else? How does the contagion, as you describe it, spread? It's more than that, Tony. Well, first of all, when you increase the amount from 250000 the cost will be shared by everybody, especially the people with under two hundred fifty dollars in the bank. So every single person in an Indiana bank will have to pay more insurance fees, more premiums through their bank to cover the losses for the billionaires of the country, because that's what Yellen and, and Elizabeth Warren want to do. So first of all, it's going to hit these banks. These banks are not super profitable, Tony. They're consistently profitable. They have no downside risk. They have not a bunch of upside. They're very solid and stable and boring banks, which is what you want in a bank. They're going to force more costs on these people. Second, they're going to regulate them with different capital requirements. They're going to say, well, you have to have more of this kind of risk-based capital, more of that kind of investment. And they're going to totally ruin these banks and force them, force them to merge into larger banks. And by the way, Jamie Dimon and his colleagues are very happy with that. They would just assume get rid of all the regional banks. 90% of the loans come in this country, Tony, come from regional banks. You go to your local school, your local um, you know, city jurisdiction, right. small company in Marion County. They get their loans from the regional banks and they get good customer service. Can you imagine picking up the phone, calling someone in New York and saying, I got a problem with my loan. How's that going to work for the, the business running in Greenwood? Right, talking about a suburb of Indianapolis where we're both located. Uh, you sound like a guy sounding the alarm. Who else is sounding the alarm? And is anybody listening to the bells? Well, Tony, you know, the alarm I'm sounding is different than the one that Yellen and Elizabeth Warren are sounding. I'm, the, the alarm bell I'm sounding is don't let them scare you. Don't let them get their way. Don't let them let big government take over this entire process. Let the market clean itself up, get the better, more competent regulators in the in the door to clean up some of these banks, but don't let it spread. Don't let them spread it. Tony, they're going to spread it because they want to protect their donors. There's a lot of donors in Silicon Valley to the Democratic Party, a whole bunch of them, and they're going to be bailed out by you and I because Yellen 
and Elizabeth Warren want to do that. We brought this up the the day after it happened. If Silicon Valley Bank, sir, was named East Palestine Valley Bank, would we be seeing this? No. You believe you believe that 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 there wouldn't be any move to try and and help this bank if it was based in East Palestine, Ohio. And I can tell you for a fact that it's not going to wouldn't happen because I know because regional banks have been gobbling up other regional banks. I could give you a list of those acquisitions. Whenever they run into a little bit of problem, someone else comes in and buys them. That's what happens in the market. It's called the free market. But when it's a bank that's supported by a particular political philosophy, Tony, then the government has to step in and have spread the pain to all of us because that's what socialists do. All right, I'm going to spread the pain to everybody. So I'm going to ask you, because this did come up, where you have President Biden vetoing the legislation that would put really put an end to ESG, uh, environmental social governance, as, as a way of utilizing or, or as, a, as a guide to investing. And, of course, Joe Biden says uh, we're not going to have that because it's too much of a MAGA idea not to allow this. And Marjorie Taylor Greene, the, the representative from Georgia, shouldn't be in charge uh, of your investing uh, strategy. Um, you, you, you brought this up. You're the one who, who opened up the door on, on, on the political. Did Silicon Valley Bank go under because of ESG or ESG-type philosophies? Tony, it was a contributing factor. They did not have a risk control officer for nine months, Tony. This is an office that's required to submit daily risk reports to the federal government, and they didn't have someone in place for nine months. Tony, and, and there's, you know, I don't want to get into the details of where she was, but she was off doing ESG type stuff and not doing stuff related to risk management of the bank. And I think it was a factor. It, it didn't cause it, Tony. It didn't cause it, but it was a factor in the in the fall of the bank. Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis, D-R-M-A-T-T-W-I-L-L on the Twitter box. Dr. Matt Will, I appreciate you taking uh, the, the time. I, I sometimes get accused of bringing too much wonk to radio. Uh, I, don't, I don't think there's any such thing. If if we don't have uh, the underpinnings, the understanding of what's happening, how in the world are we supposed to understand what's happening to us? It's not for people to dumb things down. It is for us to up our game. Anybody who dumbs it down to you, that's hate. That is hate. That is bigotry. That is them saying you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, I have to spoon feed it to you, and then they decide what to spoon feed. Not here, man. No, 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 no. I'm learning like you are. And what we're learning is that once again, government interference is what's going to lead us down a dark, dark path. He's right. That's the thing that we have to fight. Let the market clean itself up. We'll talk more about it for sure. Find everything, TonyCats.locals.com. This is Tony Katz Today.